Walter Chandry just once said, the only lasting and fully satisfying joys for any man lie on the other side of a cross. When Lynn called me and asked me to give the message, uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength, which is out of Nehemiah 8.10, I did what Robin told me to do many years ago, and that is I went back to the scripture and actually read the scripture. And I didn't just take the, read the verse, I read the entire book of Nehemiah to understand what it is that, I was, that that one verse was referring to. And as I was going through um, beginning of chapter 8 and recapping that, um, it started to get closer to 9-11. I'm sorry, let me back up. When I was going through ver- the first part of Nehemiah, you know, today is 9-11 and we will never forget what happened 16 years ago today. And this is why I'm telling you that this message has been a journey for me because this last week has led me to today. And it is not of any of my doing or my understanding that I'm standing here tonight. The message is simply a message that the Lord told me I needed to give. The first part of Nehemiah is talking about the very first part and halfway through is the book of Nehemiah is rebuilding Israel. And everybody comes together all the different tribes, everybody is rebuilding. People are not fighting. People are, are, built, are, are coming together to build things, and they take um, segments of, of, the, of Jerusalem, and they're rebuilding it, and they're meetings, and they're, they're having fellowship, and they're, they're doing this amazing work together after the tragedy. So the entire first part of Nehemiah is the rebuilding of Jerusalem, and I find that um, is not a coincidence that that is the book that, I'm, that we were reading or I was reading because we are at a time in our life right now where we need to rebuild together. And we saw that in 9-11. When 9-11 happened 15 years ago, our country came together It didn't matter your race, your religion, your sex. It didn't matter any of it. We came together. And that's exactly what happened in the beginning part of Nehemiah. They came together to rebuild. And I don't, and I, in the the faces of tragedy, we tend to think that we're alone. But if we look at the bigger picture, people come together during tragic times. People build each other up. There's a picture of God in all of that. Every person shows a little bit of God's attributes when they come together like that. And I just find that amazing. And um, so I'm reading through Nehemiah, and the beginning of part of chapter 8 talks about Ezra. Ezra is described as standing on a platform. He reads the law of Moses for several hours to the people of Jerusalem. Chapter 8 goes on to describe that the more Ezra reads and pours out the word of God, the more the people wept. The power of the word of God was so strong that they were weeping. After that, it says, you know, to me, to me, it's not just the power of the word of God. It's not just the You can't just say just the word of God because the word of God penetrated their heart so much that they wept and would not move and stood for hours as as the law of Moses was being read to them. 
So Nehemiah 8.10 instructed the people to not, Nehemiah instructed the people to not grieve, referring to their tears, but this was a time to celebrate because it was also the time of the Feast of the Trumpets. He said, go and enjoy food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not grieve. Our problem as human beings, and this is a problem for me and any other person who's a human being in here, is that we think that we have some inerrant right to, to be happy. We think that um, it's our fundamental right to be happy all the time, and so we search for things that make us happy, right? We go after people, places, things, time, anything that will fulfill that happiness that we think that we are entitled to have, we go after. We search for joy in all the wrong places. I know I did. I searched for joy in very temporary fixes in my life. Temporary men, temporary drugs, temporary feelings, temporary anything was the joy that I was searching for in my life. We cannot find joy, everlasting joy, in any of those things that we continually search for. This last week... I had a, like I told you earlier, the entire message written out, um, and it was very different, uh, but I was ready to give it to you. It was a message about standing on a platform, and the, the, the things that we as women uh, go through in our lives, you know, as mothers, daughters, grandmothers, sisters, cousins, the different platforms we stand on, and we get to pull the joy out of that. <clears throat> That is not the week that I had. Last Saturday night, a week ago Saturday night, I got a call from my father that my nephew, who was 19 years old, had had a heart attack, due to, and it was in cardiac arrest due to a heroin overdose. 19 years old. We thought that he was going to be okay. They put him in, they put him in the hospital, and they um, put cold presses on him, and they were trying to get his swelling down, and the verdict initially was that he was going to be okay. And then I got a call on Wednesday that the doctors told my dad that he's not going to be okay and that he was brain dead. And that poor kid searched for joy his entire life. That poor kid had been given a hand that no child should ever deal, get dealt. Between my sister and his father, he had no life chance to begin with. And he's dead at 19 years old. And when I got the news that Joey had died, um, I, I literally was was stunned, like I could not understand what was happening. I could not understand why this was happening. I was so angry at Joey months ago because he was causing so much havoc in my parents' life, because my parents basically raised him, my dad and my stepmom. I was so angry at him for the drugs and the havoc he was causing, and now he's dead. And so I literally had to throw myself to the feet 
of Jesus and apologize and beg for forgiveness for the things that had come to my mind. And then I begged him for mercy on Joey's soul. I begged him to please give him mercy because the kid had no chance in life. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. Our joy, our joy, rests on God's joy. Our joy in our life cannot be contingent upon anything else. Our joy in our life comes from the attributes of Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ. We have to comprehend, and this is hard for me, and I would assume it would be hard for any other human, that he is joy all of the time. His joy is not conditional like my joy. His joy is not conducive to how I feel or how I bring something to him. He is joy. It's a part of his triune nature. It's essential to who he is. 100% of the time, he is joy. Thomas Aquinas says, God is happiness by his essence, for he is happy not by acquisition or participation of something else, but by his essence. On the other hand, men are happy only by participation. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That has nothing to do with me. Nothing at all to do with me. So I told you that I had a very different message and I was going to do this message. When I originally started to pray about this message, the Lord had given me, and he does this a lot, he had given me a platform, a picture of like a stage, sort of like this, black one. I was like, oh, okay, a platform. Um, you know, women's platforms, where they go in their life, and that's the message that I went with, and that's the message that I wrote. But it was not coming together, and I was struggling. I was struggling so bad last week, and I couldn't understand why he wouldn't allow me to at least at the minimum get this message together that I have to give you guys. Like, I have to give this message, Lord. Why are you, why is it not working? And so my husband handed me his uh, Bible commentary book, and he's like, well, go back again and look up the commentary. And I look at the commentary for Nehemiah 8, and in big, bold letters, it says, Ezra is standing on a platform giving the word of God. I just died, and then I came back to life. (laughs) Like, I literally... It was, you guys, I tried to take a picture of it and put it up here, but it was not good quality. (laughs) It literally was highlighted, platform. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I started to dig a little deeper and I Googled some things and I found this message that another biblical scholar had written about what the true joy of the Lord is, right? The true joy of the Lord is 
everything about Jesus. The true joy of the Lord is trusting in putting everything we have into Jesus. The platform that Ezra stood on and the reason the people cried is because the word of God penetrated their heart. And they wept for hours. The message that he told me I'm supposed to give you is if you're not there now, then come right now and find his joy. I am telling you, ladies, that was the most amazing experience I'd ever had. And I literally went back into my computer and I deleted the entire message I had written. And my husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, that's not the message. And he, you know, my husband's a biblical scholar, so he's like, well, what's the message? And we got to get, you know, and he's like, you know, I got to go get some more commentary. It makes him nervous. It does. It makes him very nervous when I'm like, that's not the message. I got the message. And he's like, well, write it down, you know, because my husband, like, that's super hard for him. He like, he just like, he cannot even, he cannot even. I'm a little different than him. I'm a, I'm a, I'm just an all-in kind of gal, you know, and I, I got to tell you, um, I, this last week of my life has been the saddest and the best week, and if I could tell you, I, I, I just cannot tell you enough. For me to say to you, the joy of the Lord is your strength, if you don't know it, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't live with Jesus on a daily basis, you are missing out. He is my ride or die. That's what I tell people. I got to keep a little bit of rock in this. I cannot. I cannot. I, it's just who I am. He, he, he is the life changer. He is the joy of my soul. And I want that for you. And more importantly, he wants that for you. He knew my nephew was going to die. He knew that I was going to do my due diligence to seek, to seek what the message was. He knew that he gave me the picture of the, of the platform a month ago. And he knew that I was going to find it. And he knew that I was going to need it. And all of the glory goes to him. All of it. You know, I, I usually speak in front of much younger eyes. Not that y'all are old, but they're usually like 12 to like, they're like 12 to 17. And, and sometimes I, I see like the joy of Jesus like in, their, you know, in them and you get so excited because you can see it. And, and I, I, I want that for everybody. Like I want people to know and to understand, lean into him. He wants you right now. He wanted me to fall at his feet on Wednesday night. He wanted me to do exactly what he knew I was going to do and the road I was going to take to get there so I could stand here tonight and glorify him. That's the way he works. And I pray, praise him for it. I had no idea what was going to happen tonight. I, I, I do have notes just because my husband, I, he couldn't. Um, I have a lot of notes, and I had, 
very, I was very um, aware that my job tonight was to be in the background and share the love of Christ with you. And sometimes I think, why me? You know, if, if many of you don't know me, but if you did, you'd be saying, why her too? Um, like how, what an honor it is to take the journey that he has allowed me to be on with him. What an honor it is to know the love of Christ. What an honor it is to know that his joy is my strength. Every single thing about him makes me joyful. So, you know, if you're, you know, here and, and you're missing, whatever. I mean, nobody does anything right, mostly me most of the time, and, you know, if you're just at a place where you just, you're just not, you're not having, you're not feeling Jesus, you need to know him, you know, I, I love, my friend Robin right here is, is, is one of my mentors and always has been, and she, she instilled in me at a, I was going to say at a very young age, but no, it wasn't that, um, <laughs> a, several years ago, um, how important and rich and alive the word of God is. And how he lives through the word. And he comes alive through the word. And then you get to know him. And then you get to spend time with him. And then you take this journey with him. And he lives inside of you. I want every single human, even the ones I don't like, to have that. But there's some I don't like. Um, so, I'm here tonight to say to you, you know, I'm not a biblical scholar. I don't know all the verses. I do know the Word of God. I can tell if you're lying or not. But I have the love of Christ so deep in my soul that He is my strength in every time of my life, the good and the bad. So if you don't have that, I want to invite you right now. There are women all around you who will lay hands, who will pray for you, who will bring that in, who will show you the love of Christ, who will be there for you, who will check on you, who will help you with your journey. If you don't have that, ladies, I want you to have that right now. Like, I'm not leaving until you do. So um, I am a worship lover. I, I don't sing. I just love worship. Um, it brings me closer to the Lord. I spend hours doing it. I slack off, slack off on work a lot because I'm in my office doing it. Um, so my best form of prayer for you tonight, and, and what I would like is for Hannah and Robin and several of the women to come up to the front, the women's board, and I want to I pray us together, ladies. 
I want us to be together in this. I, would, I want you to come forward. I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want you to be like, well, they may not know. Who cares if we know? Jesus knows. And it's far more important right now for you to know the love of Christ and to know who Jesus is and to say, you know what? I so blew it, but here I am again and invite him back in because we are promised tragedies. They will happen. We need to get right now because we have to come together, ladies, we have to come together, and the only way for all of us to come together is to get right with the Lord. So I, I would like Hannah to come up.